Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I don't know about you, but each week it's just starting to feel a little bit more like church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is why we come together. Such a sweet fragrance, such a sweet aroma in the house this morning. It's just something about worshiping God together. Amen. Two or three, four or five, ten or twelve, twenty or thirty, ten or thirty thousand, it doesn't matter. Amen? Amen. When you worship God in concert, in continuity, in community, there's just nothing like it. The Spirit of the Lord fills that space all around you. And we feel that presence this morning. Hallelujah. 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 This is why we come together, and this is what church should feel like. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you guys today. I see some of our others have found their way back to the house of the Lord. It's good to see you. We missed you. Amen. All these pretty faces, well, half faces. I don't know what's going on in the bottom half, but the top half looks good. Amen. Amen. We're glad you're here today. In just a a moment, you're going to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15, but I do want to pass along just a couple of announcements and updates. Uh, First of all, as you probably already know, it is Father's Day, and uh, we certainly join the chorus of praise and giving thanks for all the godly fathers the faithful men of God who have uh, been so instrumental, not only in Lighthouse Church of God, but in the kingdom of God over all the generations. And if you, if you have had a godly, fatherly influence in your life, you should give God thanks for that. Amen. Amen. Whoever it was, whether it was your biological father or whether it was someone else who, who became a spiritual father to you and taught you in the ways of the Lord and and uh, counseled you, and comforted you, protected you, and uh, guided you. What a, what a blessing it is for those spiritual fathers, and the biological ones as well, who work so hard to provide a home, to provide security, to provide comfort for their families. I'm one who was blessed by both. Amen? I've had my, my own father, such a godly man, but he was also a hard-working man. You didn't lay around when Dad, when Dad got up in the morning, it was time to work. Amen. It wasn't none of this just, uh, uh, just kind of lay back and just sort of let things go. No, that wasn't the way. No, we were working. He dragged me out of bed. Sun coming up. It's time to go, son. We got to go. We got to work. And you know, I, I appreciated it now. I don't. I, don't, I can't, if I'm going to be honest, I can't say I always appreciated it then. I was, I was a, little, uh, a little put out sometimes. Uh, you know, because, you know, when you're a kid, you just want to sort of play and, and have a good time and just sort of uh, just goof off. I, I wanted to goof off. My dad wasn't about that goofing off stuff. That, that, was, that, was, for something, that was for somebody else's kids. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But he was such a godly man. Still is. A godly man. I don't know if he's listening today. Probably went to church today because he's a godly man. But he'll listen to this later. And I'm thankful for that. But I also had so many spiritual fathers as well as him. Men of God in the church who, uh, who looked after me, who, uh, who invested in my life, who, who uh, helped, uh, helped me become a man, not just a, a, a man physically, but a man spiritually and emotionally and morally, and, and I'm so grateful for those men. And then there's the testimony of those fathers of the church that I never got to meet, but I know their prayers, and I know their sermons, and the way they served uh, helped build the life that I have an opportunity to live now. And I'm trying so hard to follow in their footsteps and be a godly father to this generation and to the generations to come. And so I'm grateful for that. And we celebrate you, dads. We celebrate you, 
we thank God for you. Uh, because it is Father's Day, and we know some of the families will have some special events going on. We will not have a prayer call this afternoon. We'll get back to that next week. Uh, but we know some of the families want to take Dad out and uh, treat him to whatever Dad is uh, into. Uh, you'll probably find me over at Barnes & Noble if you're looking. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we want the families to have a good time this afternoon. And, you know, the Lord made the family uh, first, didn't he? Amen. He created a family first uh, before there was a church. So we celebrate that. We, we want you to enjoy this afternoon. And just, uh, just, just, even if it's nothing more than laying back in the old lazy boy and getting yourself in a good nap, that's 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 probably you know I, I mentioned Barnes and Noble, but I'm more likely to end up in that lazy boy today, and, and just have a good nap because I tell you what, it ain't easy being a dad uh, at my age. I, I get wore out a lot easier these days, so we do that. But we are going to come out Wednesday night, or we're going to have our audio service Wednesday night Bible study. We're not quite there yet on coming back in person. We're a little, still a little concerned about the way things are going right now with the virus, and we're trying to limit the number of times you have to be in a group setting. Hopefully they'll get a handle on it here pretty quick, and we'll start seeing those numbers go down and get to, uh, get to a place where we can just come to the house of the Lord anytime we want. Amen? Amen. But you call in Wednesday night and... Uh, and you can listen in. We've been having a great Bible study, uh, very rich, uh, very, very, very relevant to the hour we're living in, in the book of Revelation. So you call the number, 701-801-6266, and you listen in. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can observe. Or you can just sit there quietly and listen to everybody else talking. However you want to do it, it's all right. Amen? And then next Sunday... I'm happy to say Sunday school is back. Amen. So, amen. We, we miss our Sunday school, so 945, you come out for Sunday school, we get a little discipling in before we get into the time of worship and the Word. Amen. So please make that note uh, in your calendar so we can uh, just uh, have a, uh, a good time studying the Word of God together. Amen. Have I forgotten anything? Is there anything else? All right. Praise the Lord. Not much going on these days. Kind of, kind of quiet uh, for the church calendar until we see how this all works out. But uh, we're just glad to be in the house of the Lord today, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, if you bought a tithe, you bought an offering today, you know we don't do the plate passing anymore. That's part of our compliance with the CDC. Those fine fellows at Center of Disease Control said, you know what, don't pass the plate, just put a box in the back and let people give that way. So there is a box in the back, you can put your check or gift into it. Uh, there's still, we still have the website up, we still have lhcogfl.org. You can give there, you can go to givelevi.com, you can go to PayPal, uh, what else can you do? You can mail it, uh, you, can, you can telegraph it. You can, uh, well, no, you can't really telegraph it, but uh, we take Zelle. We, 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 well, I tell you what, if you want to get rid of your money, we'll find a way. We'll, we'll just come up with a way for you to bless the house of the Lord. And I want to thank you. Uh, I shouldn't be flippant about that because uh, you have been so faithful. I'm confident that uh, your faithfulness will be rewarded by God. He sees that. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15 this morning. I know there's so much going on around us. I, we talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. Our nation, our nation is really struggling uh, right now. A lot of things happening. And uh, we know that we have concerns uh, for people's health. We have concerns for what's going on in society, what's going on in law enforcement, what's going on in government, what's going on on our streets. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. And uh, we're praying about all those things. We're seeking God about all those things. But, you know, whatever's, whatever's going to happen out there, the only way we can impact it and the only way we can be a, a, an influence and an instrument for peace, for justice, for righteousness, for grace, is if we have a godly house. 
faith begins in the home, doesn't it? It begins in the heart of the family. And, and, and what good is there if there's peace in the streets if there's not peace in our homes? You know, so uh, we're going to set aside those societal worries just for a moment today. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 15. And we're going to read about probably, I, I, I would guess, the most famous father in the Bible. Amen? Other than God our Father, right? The most famous father in the Bible is a man named Abram, or we know him as Abraham today. Let's go to Genesis 15. Begin reading here at verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding, exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, now, I don't know about you, if the Lord came to me and gave me a statement like that, I'm not sure I'd talk back. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Boy, we just complain about everything, don't we? Then Abram said, look. You have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, come before you today with a heart overflowing with thanksgiving, with appreciation. Lord, you have been such a father to us, such a good and great father to us. You have fed us. You have clothed us. You have sheltered us. You have protected us in the hour of our need. You have come to our rescue. You've been our defender. You've been our shield. You've been our reward, God. And we are grateful this morning. We give thanks from a grateful heart. We ask your blessings today. Be upon the ministry of your word. We pray every heart would be open, every mind receptive, every spirit receptive, O oh God. Let all doubts and fear be banished from this place, O oh God. Let your word go forth in power. Let it go forth with anointing today, God. Minister to the one who speaks it today, for you know his weaknesses, God. Let everyone who receives it by faith today, God, be blessed. Let it take root. Let it bear fruit. We ask it in Jesus' name, and the church agrees. Amen. All of the blessings that were in Abraham's life, Abram's life, his name has not yet been changed to Abraham, but I'm going to slip up about 15 times today. I'm going to call him Abraham, because that's the way we know him. Just, just understand, I'm talking about the same guy. All of the blessings in his life were meaningless to him if he did not have someone to pass them on to. I want to talk to you today about covenantal generational faith. Covenantal generational faith. As speaking as a father, and I'm, I'm so grateful today for that opportunity to, to be a father. That's a true blessing. I, I became a father very, very young in my life. I, I, I Boy, how old was About 19 or so. I was married, and, and, and we had a son. And oh, I tell you what, I, you, you just couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I looked so forward to coming home every day, pulling up in that driveway, going in that house, and, 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 and seeing my kids. That was, um, well, you know, the wife too. I don't want to leave her out. It's excited to see her too. But, you know, it's more the kids. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's, I, I just, 
I just loved having a family. I remember even, even as a teenager, you know, I, I wasn't one of these who, well, all right, I, I'll be honest. Yes, I did dream about being the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. That was, that was in, and I still haven't given up on that, by the way. All right? Bad as they are right now, I got a chance. Amen. But no, to, to me, early in my life, I, I, just, I just had a great desire for family, just a great love of family. And, 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 and I couldn't wait to have a family of my own. That was, you know, that was, that was just, uh, just, to me, that was just the, 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 the greatest opportunity in the world. I, I know some of you are kind of like, uh, well, you know, I'm better off by myself. Well, that's okay. You, 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 you follow the path that the Lord gives you. But for me, family was, was the blessing that I wanted. And, and when, boy, when my little ones were small, and we had them stair-step style, you know, we had them uh, one, two, three. Uh, I think we, 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 I say we, like I did any of the work. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, had, I was part of it, amen. But they, they were all young together. We had, uh, I think Shana came along. Uh, Noah and Ethan couldn't have been more than one or two years old, three years old. So we, I mean, we had, we had all three very young. And boy, that was, that was just such a blessing, such a, I, I had more fun than anybody. I'd come home, lay on the floor and crawl around with them and throw them against the wall. Well, no, I didn't throw them against the wall, but just pick them up and swing them around. And, and boy, we'd laugh and scream and we just had a good time. And, boy, I tell you what, if I could have frozen time, if I had one of those things where you could just stop time, I think I would have left it right there. That was the best. That was the best. But, but you know, what happens to kids? They grow up. That part wasn't as fun. Amen. No, it's, it's still a blessing. I'm, I'm very proud of my children. I'm, I, I don't tell them very often, and I, if, you know, but, but I, I just, I'm so proud of the things they accomplished and and uh, and the way they live their lives and and who they are as people and uh, you know I, I I I just love my children uh, from the bottom of my heart and and I'm just so excited to see the opportunities God's given them in life and and as a father you know my my thought process was always with my kids you know moms I, I I'm going to speak generally I'm not trying to be stereotypical I'm just going to speak in general terms if it doesn't apply to you don't worry about it. You know, moms are kind of uh, uh, in the moment. You know, they've they got to deal with the laundries and the dishes and changing the diapers, although I did change one or two. Uh, they they, they worry about putting food on the table and cooking it, and, and they kind of live in the moment. Fathers, we tend to be a little bit more long-term thinkers. We, 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 we try to think ahead a little bit, at least I did, about what kind of opportunities you were going to, uh, be able to give your family down the road and, 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 and what, what, what the legacy, what the generation. I was, I was talking to them last week about grandchildren and, and, and great-grandchildren and who will be the, who will be the Aldridges of, of, of the next few generations. And, and that's the way fathers think. I get Abram's concern. What, 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 what good was all these blessings that God was promising him if there was no one to pass them on to? What good was, you know, Abraham was very wealthy. He was very wealthy. He, he, he was a mighty prince in the land. You know, and I think we all, I believe we all know the story. I don't want to take that for granted, but the Lord came to Abraham uh, when he was living in, in, a, in a pagan country and told him to go. I've got a land for you. I've got a place prepared for you and all of your descendants and all of your household and everything. And, and boy, Abraham just picked up 75 years old. Think about that. Seventy-five years old, he takes his house and all his property, everything, you know, sheep and goats and camels and whatever else he's got, and he goes to a place he's never seen. Now, some of you, have been in, you, you, you've immigrated in your life. You've gone from one country to another. So you understand a little bit about the kind of the, the, the I don't know if it's anxiety is the right word, but you just kind of think about what, you know, will I fit in? Well, you know, how are they going to look at somebody like me and, and, and he went to the land, and, and, and some of them didn't know if he was an enemy or a friend. He got into a lot of kind of situations. And, and throughout his life, he just kept demonstrating that he trusted God above all. And I tell you what, as a father, boy, that's a tough one. Because you, you, you know, I, I, I'm kind of getting into a, 
and a time of life where I'm having to lean more and more and more on the Lord. My physical strength is failing, you know, and, and I, see the, I see the horizon in front of me. This, this gray hair isn't fake. It's real. I didn't color it this way. I, I know that more and more God's going to have to do for me what I used to be able to do for myself. And I look at Abram, and I look at him in this situation. Here comes the Lord visiting to him, telling him, I've got a great blessing, and I'm going to take care of you. And Abram says, it's not me that I'm worried about. Well, that's a father talking right there. Abraham had a father's mentality even before he was a father. I tell you what, I give no regard. This isn't anything else. Uh, as some of you know, my wife was in a hospital a couple weeks ago, and, and of course, my kids have been in different situations. I remember when Ethan was, was, a, was real little, he, he decided he wanted to get a videotape off the top of the entertainment center, and, and you have to know Ethan. He just, you know, he just, he did, once he decides he's going to do something, he just goes, does it. And he climbed up there, and, and, and he reached up and grabbed a hold of the TV, and the TV wasn't connected to anything, and it came down, and he came down with it and broke his leg. Now, I was in, I was in Homestead. I was uh, a good two hours away. I was as far away physically from my house as, as I could be at that time working. And, and, and this, is, this is before cell phones. This is before, you know, you, you could do those kind of things. And, and, and I remember about two, I, I got a pager and I got a page. I, I had to go to find a pay phone. Anybody remember pay phones? I, some of you young ones are going to look around like, what are you talking about? Well, us old people, we used to have a thing where they would put these phones right out there on the street, right out there on the sidewalk. And anybody could walk up to them and put a quarter in there and make a phone call. Amen. And I called in and there was a message that says, hey, you're... Your, 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 your son's been hurt. He's been taken to a hospital. You need to come, come in. And I tell you what, I, I, I don't know if I've ever told the whole story. If, you, if you've heard it before, you know. I don't remember the drive back to the station, and I don't remember the drive to the hospital. I spent the whole time praying, speaking in tongues. Till I, I remember walking through the door of the hospital and coming to myself and just kind of, kind of stopping for a minute and thinking, Okay. I, I didn't know if it was a Philip thing. I didn't know if the Holy Ghost just picked me up and dropped me there. I didn't know how it happened. Uh, of course, my car was in the parking lot, so I guess I drove. Thank God for traveling mercies, because I tell you what, as I was driving, I wasn't paying attention to anything on the road. And I tell you, that, that, there's nothing like it. I can get shot. I can get run over. I, I can be broken in 50 places and I won't care. But one of my kids get hurt. So it, 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 it's a fear that you, you cannot ex, ex, adequately explain. The way you have a concern over your children. At complete disregard. I, I, I Total disregard for my own well-being. But boy, I tell you what, I, I spent all that time worrying... And, and thank God it all, it all worked out and God was faithful and God was good and praise God. But you know what? I understand what Abraham's talking about here. What good is it to have all what the blessings in the world if you don't have anyone to pass them to? If you don't have anyone. Covenantal generational faith. I tell you what, I think about this. I've been thinking about it all week. We look back now. There's a reason why in the New Testament, Paul in Romans and Paul in Galatians and the writer of Hebrews, when they were looking for an example, looking for an example of faith, they all chose Abraham. His faith, his covenantal generational faith, not only for himself, it's one thing to believe for yourself. That's, yeah, that's wonderful. That's a, that's a beautiful thing, to, to have faith for yourself. Uh, but for him to exercise such faith, not just for himself, but for all those who would come. All those who would come, even when he himself had no child. He had no son. Yet here he is, speaking with God and saying, if you really want to bless me, if I've really found favor in your sight, if you're serious about the reward you want to give me, he said, I don't need another dollar. 
I don't need another camel or another donkey or another cow. He said, give me someone to carry on this covenant. Give me someone that through whom I can bless the future generations. And I will count myself blessed. I tell you, church, our, our, our faith is so limited. We're so in the moment. You hear a lot today. I hear Pentecostal preachers all over, everywhere I go, talking about generational curses and generational uh, baggage. I'll tell you what, I came here today to talk about a generational blessing. I came here to talk about a way that you can affect the future of your family and of the generations that will come. I don't know how much longer the Lord will tarry in this world, but I do know this. If it's another thousand generations, you can, you can have an effect and an impact. There can be a generational blessing in your house. I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof of that. My calling and, and, and my life is no accident. Throughout my childhood, I, I, I don't know what the devil knows. I, I, he's not omniscient, I know that much. But he can pick up on some things. He can pick up on some things. He knew there was a blessing. I talk, I've talked in the past about my grandmother, and, uh, and we counted one year at, at, uh, at family reunion, we counted 26 ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ just from her alone, from her children and her grandchildren. I tell you what, there's a generational blessing, and I'm one of them. And I don't know, I don't know if the devil uh, uh, saw that, knew that, whatever, but I do know that there were four or five times in my childhood where he tried to kill me. Amen. When I was a little boy, just, uh, we were still in Inverness at the time, and, and, and I could not have been more than three or four years old. A neighbor child locked me up in an outdoor freezer. I, 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 there was nothing I could do. I couldn't get out. I, he was sitting on top of it. He meant to kill me. But the Holy Spirit spoke to my sister. And my sister is in the middle of, her, uh, of the house, and all of a sudden the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit speaks to her. And she says, where's Don? That's what they called me when I was little. And the Holy Spirit led her to the to the garage there where the freezer was and saw the neighbor boy sitting and, and she said, what are you doing? And he jumped up and, and she pulled the, 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 the freezer door open and I was in there and I was already turning blue. Let me tell you something. You can have an effect on children you've never met, on grandchildren you will never see. You can bring a generational blessing into your house where God will protect your progeny and God will deliver those that come from you. Hallelujah. I would have died that day, but there was a generational blessing in my family that God said, I'm going to speak on behalf of those who never even met me. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. This is what Abraham had in his heart. This is what God counted as righteousness, that he was believing God for an heir, not just so that, that, just, that, 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 he, that he would have someone to carry on his family name, but because he knew he had come into covenant with God. You go back. We don't have time this morning. But if you go back and read chapter 12 and chapter 13 and chapter 14, you can see Abraham is, 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 is building toward this moment. God is expanding this territory. He tells him, everywhere you put your foot, He's walking the length of the land. He walks all the way from, from the Euphrates River in the north, all the way down to Egypt, over to the Jordan, over to the coast. I mean, if you've got one of those Bibles that has the maps in the back, some of them will show you the journeys of Abraham. And, and man, he is cutting. This is, this is before cars and buses. He is walking. And God tells him, and everywhere you set your foot, I'm giving this land to you. But Abraham's starting to think, now wait a minute, Lord, I'm already 75. I'm already 80. I'm already 85. What good is this land going to do for me? I'm not going to be around that much longer. And he said, when I'm God, the, only, when I'm God, the one that's going to take over everything isn't even one of mine. But I'm telling you today, when God pulls him aside and says, he said, oh, hallelujah. When he says to him, come with me, Abraham. Let's go outside for a minute. I want you to look up. 
My friends this morning, I don't care if you're a father or mother, a grandfather or grandmother, I'm telling you now, look up. Look up. Look up into the heavens. The generational blessings, the covenantal faith. If you bring your whole household under the umbrella of the grace of God, I pray every day for God to watch over my household and watch over those who are, who are, who are connected to me. And I tell you what, right now, I am believing God. Not, 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 not everyone who's connected to me is walking with the Lord. But you know what? I've got a generational blessing in my family. I've got a generational blessing. I've got a grandfather, grandmother. I've got a father who daily, even now, 83 years of age, he still gets on his knees every day and calls out every single one of his grandchildren's name. You think God doesn't pay attention to that? I'm telling you right now, I know we have free will, but God is a powerful persuader. And if you will call those names before the Father, He will bring a generational blessing into your house. Hallelujah. I believe God is looking for some men of God, and I'm going to go ahead and include some women of God who will stand up in this generation and rebuke the devourer and rebuke the enemy and rebuke the stealer of souls and say, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My house is given to God. My children are given to God. My grandchildren, I've got no grandchildren yet. But by faith, I look into the future and I say, God, you're going to give me a righteous seed, a righteous inheritance, a righteous progeny. Hallelujah. My father's testimony. My grandmother's testimony, my great-grandmother's testimony, my testimony, it will not die in my generation. We shall not die. It will live on, and it will live on to the ones who I've never even seen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, where's my faith people? Where's my people of faith? Somebody look beyond the span of your own life. Look beyond the span of your days. When I'm dead and gone, when my tombstone is covered over, when it's all turned to dust, the generational blessing of my house will still be in effect for those who come. Hallelujah. Abraham looked up into the stars of heaven. Oh, it must have been a staggering moment. A staggering moment. I don't know what kind of doubts, what kind of fear. He must have, he must have just been incredulous. Look, Lord, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed here, but I'm an old man, and my wife's an old woman. And the course of, uh, of her time doesn't even happen anymore. He could have had found so many reasons. He could have come up with so many excuses. You know where he was at this time? You'll read about it in the, in, in later on in the Bible. He was living among a group of people called the Philistines. Anybody remember the Philistines from Sunday school? One of the Philistines, most, what's the most famous Philistine in the Bible? Probably Goliath, right? Amen. This is who he was living among. There were giants in the land. Amen. He was looking along. There was a group of people there called the Hittites. You'll, you'll read about them. Uh, Ephron the Hittite is the one that sold him the cave of Machpelah. The only thing Abraham ever actually owned in the promised land was a place to bury his wife. Why don't you think that through? Think that through. Because we're talking about generational faith. The only piece of property Abraham ever actually owned. Remember, he was a, he was a nomad. He would, he would follow the seasons with his, with, his, with his flocks and his herds. You know, they would go into one area and, and, and during a certain season and, and they would feed and water there. But, you know, after the season would change, there wouldn't be any more food there, so he'd have to move. Always moving. Always moving. His whole life was on the move. 
He would ask permission of the, the local tribes and the local princes and the, and the local rulers. He'd make, he'd make covenants with them. Abimelech, the ruler of the Philistines. Ephron, the Hittite. A son of Seth. He would do these things. The only physical piece of ground that he ever actually owned was a place to be buried. A cave to put his bones in. You talk about having faith. You talk about having faith. The man didn't own the dirt he was walking on. He didn't own the trees he was sleeping under. But by faith, he could have found so many excuses. He could have said, Lord, I, I, we got nothing that's ours. He could have said, Lord, this land is full of Philistines and Canaanites. He could have found every excuse in the book to say, I don't know, God. I don't, I don't even know if what you're saying is even possible. But, oh, praise God, church. He didn't look for excuses. He counted him who promised. He counted, go to Hebrews chapter 11, read it again. He, count, he whose body was as good as dead counted him who promised faithful. He counted, he didn't look at his limitations. He didn't look at his circumstances. He didn't look at the excuses that were all around him to doubt. He looked at the one who was making the promise. And he said, if I heard this from any other source, anybody else made this promise, I wouldn't believe it. But you are God. You are the Lord Almighty. You are El Shaddai. You are El Elyon. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And if you say it, Lord, I believe it. You say they will be like the stars of heaven, but your God who made the stars and the God who made the stars will keep His Word. Generational faith. Generational faith. Our faith is so short-sighted. Amen. Listen to the faith preachers of today. Listen to them. It's all about the moment. It's all about now. It's all about what you can have right here. And I'm not against it. I'm not saying faith doesn't work for you in the present. It does. But I'm saying expand your vision. You're dealing with a timeless God. You're dealing with an eternal God who is telling you, you have not because you ask not. Cast your faith forward 10 years. Cast your faith forward 50 years. Cast your faith forward 100 years. The conversation we're reading about in Genesis 15 happened 4,000 years ago. Do the math. 4,000 years. Abraham... Abraham's dust is dust now. Amen. 4,000 years. Yet his faith is still producing air. My God. His faith is still producing airs in 2020. What kind of faith is this? That 4,000 years after they put the man in the cave, his children and his children's children and his children's children's children have filled the whole world. Hallelujah. I don't know how surprised Abram would be if he showed up here today and saw all of his kids. Some black, some brown, some sort of a off-white. I'm kind of cream-colored myself. Amen. Abraham would walk in here today, and he'd see all these different faces and colors and all the things going on, and he would just look up to heaven, and he'd say, God, you promised, and here they are. Here are the children you promised me. 
I want you today to cast your faith forward, Dad. Cast your faith forward, Dad. Cast your faith forward, Dad. Look into the times that are going to come upon this world. Believe for your children. Believe for your grandchildren. Believe for their grandchildren and their grandchildren's grandchildren. Cast your faith. Make a covenant with God. And bring a generational blessing into your household. Say, Pastor, I don't even know how much more time this world has. None of us do. None of us do. But I tell you what, if 10,000 years were to pass on this earth, Abraham's faith would still be producing blessing. So this is the thing. When you, when you put your faith in the eternal, time stops meaning anything. When you put your faith in the eternal... When you look to the God who made the sun and the moon and the stars, and you say, God, because you promised, I'm covenant to covenant with you, God, for my house, yes. For the ones who are alive there, yes. Of course they're the ones that are most on our heart. Of course they're the ones we care about the most. But I'm not stopping with them, Lord. I want my faith to affect the children I never, ever, ever will know. When my dust is dust, I want my faith to still be changing hearts and changing lives and moving in this world in such a way. My God, church, if we would unlock the power of generational faith, if we would just see who our big our God is and how timeless our God is, we could not only transform this generation, we can transform generations yet to be born. Yet to be born. The Scripture records these words. He believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it righteousness. Our entire doctrine of justification by faith is built on that verse. That God seeks more than anything else for our righteousness. Simply our willingness to believe. What He has said He will do, He will do. He has promised to bless me and my household. He has promised to bless those who come from my household. I believe Him. I believe Him. And thereby, I am justified. I believe Him for my own life. I believe Him for the life of my sons. I believe Him for the life of my daughter. And I believe Him for the children yet born. Generational blessing. Generational faith. If you stand with me this morning. I know we're trying to I know we're trying to be socially distant. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. So you can stay right where you are for now. But we are going to pray forward. We are going to cast faith forward. We're going to pray for generations today yet to be born. We're going to pray for generations today, not only from our own physical house, but from our spiritual house. From this house, from the lighthouse. I don't know if this building is going to be here in a hundred years. But I want the faith that is engendered in this place to still be affecting this community long after we're gone. We're going to pray a generational blessing and a generational faith. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we look at the current situation. We look at how things are right now. And we can find so many reasons not to believe. We have a community trying to tear itself apart. We have a nation divided. We have a society that is becoming more atheistic, more godless by the hour. It would be so easy right now, God, to just say, this is it, we're done. But God, you promised. You promised there would be a witness In every generation, you promised that our households and our covenant relationships would carry with them a generational blessing 
And God, today, we look not around us at the circumstance. We don't look right now at the excuse, but we look up. We look up to the sky, to the heavens, and we see the works of your hands, and we know, God, if you can do that, you can keep our families, you can keep our children, you can keep our grandchildren, and you can keep those who have not yet been born. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray a generational blessing, generational faith, that there will be a testimony, God, of your faithfulness to all that come from this house. Oh, God, we pray it. We pray it today, God. But as the generations come and as the generations go, the testimony of our faith will not perish from the earth. We pray, oh God, that the children yet to be born will inherit the blessing, will inherit the promise, will inherit the grace that you have shown to us, oh God, today. Remember our house, God. Remember our house, God. And let our house be a testimony in all generations. Raise up a banner. Raise up a banner. And let it fly over the house of Lighthouse Church of God. That all who come to this place will be blessed and benefit from the faith exercised by those who are here now. Generational blessings, God. Spiritual, physical. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I claim the promise of blessing for my children and my children's children and all that shall come from this house. We bless the generations yet to come. When Jacob leaned on his staff, he blessed the generations that had not yet even been born. And we are part of that blessing. And we are part of that promise. And we extend that blessing, God. We extend that blessing to our physical descendants and to our spiritual descendants, O oh God. And to any of like faith. We cast our faith forward, God. We plant the seed in the next generation, Lord. That the fruit of this faith and the fruit of our faithfulness to you, God, will be inherited by those to come. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God. We look forward, we look forward, we look forward. We look forward, God. Father God, even now, even now, Lord, there are children of Lighthouse Church of God that need to be reminded of who they are. They need to be reminded of the generational blessing. They need to be reminded, God, that they were given to the Lord. They were dedicated in His name. Hallelujah. Let the generational blessing come to their house. The blessing of salvation. The blessing of new life through Jesus Christ. Oh God, today, the fathers and the mothers and the grandfathers and the grandmothers are united in generational faith. We will not be here to see it, Lord. But you, God, are faithful. And no matter what happens in this world, and no matter what happens to this world, you will be faithful, God. We count the one who promised as faithful. Father God, we bless this generation. We bless the generation to come. We bless all the generations that follow. With this covenant blessing, this covenant faith, this generational blessing 
of the grace and favor of Almighty God. Thank you for making us part of this household, God. Expand our borders. Expand our families. Bring them from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, God. Bring Jew and Gentile. Bring black and white. Be brown. Oh, God, bring them all into the covenant that not only they might receive it, but that their children and their children's children might receive it, God. We pray. We pray. The generational blessing of the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. 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 We pray it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33312. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.